The following episode of Inside the Cave is brought to you by the Fire Fan Sports app. Predict the gameplay in real time. On game day, play against friends, athletes, and superstars. Fire Fan Sports app, the app that changes the way you watch sports. Download Fire Fan Sports app available now at the App Store on Apple devices and Google Play Store for Android devices. Download the Fire Fan app and use the code CAVE, C-A-V-E, and ignite your passion for sports. Inside the Cave. Inside the Cave. Oh, yeah. Inside the Cave. Inside the Cave. Inside the Cave. Welcome back, Inside the Cave. Inside the Cave. Inside the Cave. I'm going to show, man. This is tight, though. I like this. Inside the Cave. This sounds great. Who said that? You're on the number one show inside the cave. He gave me a real zap in the gap. We're not about to play with you. Oh, that's funny. Inside the cave. How does Kat make her pudding? I don't, I don't know if y'all want me to tell that story completely. My, you guys got to pull out your head. What comes up with this stuff? Inside the cave. Uh, thank y'all for being amazing outlets. A lot of people need that. Turn around and interview you for having the best podcast. Don't want to be down with you, bitch ass. Inside the cave. Hey, welcome back to Inside the Cave, thecavepodcast.com. And make sure everybody goes to insidethecaveblog.com to check out this week's guest under the cave spotlight. We are sitting here. Now, this is pre-recorded. Now, we're, this is what's the name of this place again? This is the, this is the Biograph Diner next to the famous Biograph Theater where the famous bank robber from the 1930s, John Dillinger, got shot up by the FBI. They made that movie, Public Enemy, who starred Christian Bale and Johnny Depp. Back in 2009, and we're at the restaurant where they ate this great, great food. Jeez, and the voice you are hearing right now is the future champ. Boxing amen, champ. amen, amen. Franzo Quindo, thanks for coming <laughs> on Inside the Cave, brother. Thank you, John. Yeah, yeah, oh man, we are live, we are live. Check us out, Inside the Cave is live. Biograph Diner. Whole location. Yeah, Sid is here, Veli's here. Chris is over there. All right, man, so. Got the fight coming up. I That's saw right. it on ESPN. That's right. Uh, man, it's been about three years since you've been in uh, since your last fight, right? Well, technically two and a half, but uh, I did a little exhibition back in 2015, September, in Belize, Central America. Belize City, Belize City actually. And uh, it was a tough Mexican cat that I did my little exhibition. It was pretty much like a real fight. So it took me four rounds to really you know, get him out of there and knock him out. So I got a couple of rounds in. So okay. it's a nice little warm up. but. Yeah, technically, um, on the record, yeah, it's been since my championship fight, 2014, for the WBA Heavyweight Championship, which I got robbed, and, and here I am today uh, getting that uh, mandatory status to fight for that title once again. Nice, right. nice, nice. I, I want to go for a second back to the beginning. Uh, who introduced you? How did you get introduced to, to boxing? Man, when I was a shorty back in... The mid-80s, my older brother, Hector Morales, who today and age is a pretty successful attorney, works for a lot of uh, politicians in downtown, and he's my big brother. I'm proud of him. We started, he started boxing at Hammond Park, because uh, we're from the Lathrop Homes, Chicago Housing Projects, uh, Clyde Dam University, and, you know, boxing pretty much had my brother in check and discipline, and he used to bring a lot of trophies. At that time, I was like 13, and I... 
told myself, man, brother, I like to, you know, those trophies you make, you bring home, and I like to bring home two for moms, and, and one thing led to another. Here I am today, fighting for the World Heavyweight Championship in my advanced age, which is historic for an athlete nowadays. 43, right? That's right, 43. Hey, Caught up. Hey, yeah, yeah, right there. Right, right. April Fool's. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm over here thinking like, who pitched you off to make you want to kind of come out of semi-retirement to get back in the ring and pick somebody in? Well, it's kind of interesting you bring that up. I was never retired, but yeah, I took a little layoff, you know, a lot of politics of the sport, you know, the controversies that you noticed. I was with Don King, I was promoted by him before. So he kind of, you know, put me in that same spot. He put his former fighters, the Mike Tyson, everybody, which was got, you know, jabbed by him by many, many millions. I was one of those Vicks. You know, fortunately, you know, I you know, struggled a little bit, but you know, I, I took a little time off, and here I am, resurfaced and world status, you know, and getting ready to hopefully win this championship this time. Don Not, King, all right. Promoters, yeah. How, you, how was it working with Don? It was pretty cool until, you know, he ended up, you know, when you signed this contract and after the heavyweight championship fight, you think you're getting a nice little, little change, and next you know, you only get peanuts. And that's when I realized, wow, this guy is the king of kind, a conning fighter like myself. And, you know, I learned a lot from that man. You know, I learned a lot of stuff contractual-wise and, you know, uh, in the business and uh, how, to, how to approach these promoters. Now, I, I want to just, you know, while we're talking about Don King, were you surprised to see him all in front of Trump's campaign and all that is going on, you know, all that he's doing with Trump and, you know, promoting Trump? Did it well, surprise you? Well, of course not. Man. You know, he's a Republican at heart. You know, he's, you know, Uncle Tom. I mean, he's always American, this and that. I'm mean, keeping it 100. Uncle uh, King just, you know, you know, I always say sell out, whatnot, but, you know, he's where the, the money's at and he knows what he has to say, who he has to be around with. You know, he's a perpetrator. I mean, I really don't like him because he dissed me as many other fighters before me like Mike Tyson and Tim Witherspoon just to name a few and Muhammad Ali Muhammad. so going back to Muhammad absolutely he jabbed him too because I'm very tight with the Ali family I'm really tight with his wife Lonnie his uh his uh, caretaker God bless, you know, bless his soul her yeah. name was uh Marilyn Williams, you know, they're dear friends of mine, and actually I was at Muhammad Ali's funeral back uh, back last year in June at the at the K KFC Center, and I was invited, you know, personally by his wife and his uh, family. Wow. See, now, speaking of Don King and the boxing world and the, and the way the business is conducted at large in the boxing world, what is that mainly why we don't see more quote-unquote big fights, more headlining fights? Like you see the novice, you know Mayweather, yeah. you know Pac-Man. Yeah. Uh -huh. Who else do you know? I mean, and why don't why don't we see more of these in their prime get together and fight? You know, boxing was a big deal. Well, yeah, yeah. Tyson did. I mean, uh, Don King did a great great thing of promoting the fights. But again, Don King didn't pay the fighters just like Dana White for the UFC. I mean, the guy controls the whole MMA. I mean, these guys fighting for world championship. I mean, the, the, the same that fight. No, the thing is, in this in this situation, is that his fighter, you know, he's getting all this pay per view, hundreds of millions of dollars, and I'm hearing that the heavyweight champ, the champions of the UFC and each division, only get a couple of hundred grand. That's crazy, man. I mean, at least the heavyweight champions of the world get a couple of million and you know five. So million is that the reason why McGregor's trying to come over there and Absol fight for it? Yes, yes, yes. That's it, guys. Wow. Yeah, make a long story short. There you go. Yeah, okay. From, okay. From an, an, uh, 
I really so my question is, how's Don King been doing this? How's he still alive? Well, actually, exactly. <laughs> he's not. Al well, he's alive, but he in boxing, in boxing terms and promotion, he's pretty much dead now, which okay. is a great thing. Good. But uh, yeah, I'm still surprised he outlived the Ali's and Joe Frazier. I mean, all these guys he used to co-promote, yeah. and you know, he's way older than them. But you know, it's unfortunate. But anyway, he's the good thing about that is he ain't promoting you know that much like he used to. I mean, he's got these. These couple of fighters, you know, Bermain Stavon was one of them, and uh, another Walter uh, guy, uh, Amir something that's got beat by one of our Chicago own Adrian Granados, who's fighting tonight against Adrian Brown on Showtime yeah, Championship yeah. Boxing. You know, he's my dear friend. Okay. I mentor him, Adrian Granados, and you know, we all gonna pull for him and bring that championship back to Chi Town. Yeah. But getting back to uh, you know. The status of Don King, he's pretty much not respected in the industry no more. Yeah. You know, fighters like Della Hoya, Mayweather, um, Al Heyman, you know, just to name a few, those hey, are the new promoters that bring a lot of fresh faces. You know, it's called uh, Premier Boxing Championship, which is a great thing they're doing. They're showcasing a lot of new talent. You know, uh, and being ch sports channel, they, they, they showcase it also at, at a Spike TV, NBC yeah. Sports. So that's some Al Heyman, you know, network. Was he, he was the one who had a couple of times last year, they had a couple of Saturday night fights yes, here and there. Yeah. yeah, that was that was. Yeah, him. and that's uh, Mayweather's our manager. Okay, Al okay. Heyman. That used to uh, train with Mayweather, right? That's right, yeah. Me and Mayweather go way back. We both won a national going together. When I first met Mayweather in 1993, we both. Uh, Won the Nationals in Little Rock, Arkansas, right uh, when Bill Clinton won the uh, presidency. Wow, that's a long time. Wow. So we ran into him at the McDonald's in Little Rock, Arkansas. Me, Mayweather, and another fighter, just to name a few, and David Diaz, who was also a, a former WBC champion from Hamlet Park, where I started, right down the street from my restaurant. So yeah, I got a lot of history and ties with Floyd, and of course Pacquiao. He was my stable, ma stable mate when I was training with Freddie Roach, when I was getting ready for Holyfield, down at the Wild Card Gym. And dear, you know, dear good friend of mine, and um, very successful. And you know, it's, it's, it's very knowledgeable that I had a chance to be with these all-time greats. You know, who was your favorite me. fighter uh, of all time? Who motivated me to, to start boxing. I remember my dad took me to his house. It was Sugar Ray Leonard when he fought marvelous Marvin Hagler. It was 1987, and I was just 13. And man, when I see how Sugar Ray upset. Marvin's Marvin had even though it was a close fight, but the flash, the speed that Sugar Ray portrayed, it, it pretty much How old was he? I was 13 at the 13. time. 13? Yeah. Would you, were, you, were you like fighting in high, like in high school? Yeah, street fights. Yeah, you actually, doing that? I fought at a junior high school down here in Uptown, um, Clarendon and Wilson, against this, this bully named, uh, what was his name? Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, he whooped everybody. One day he called me out and I was terrified. So the whole school was like, oh man, Arthur Johnson. That was his name. Arthur, Arthur Johnson picked the you first kid of the fight. And uh, so friends were kind of getting ready to, you know, to fight Arthur Johnson. I was terrified. I mean, but man, you know, we got in there, had no choice. Big old circle filled with hundreds of kids from the school. Yeah. We threw that first punch. He made me, I countered. Ever since then, I started boxing. The rest was history. I whooped him. Yeah. Stop yeah, that's what I thought. Holyfield, did you make the man up about the Yeah. Holyfield, man, very gentleman of the sport. Um, it was very iconic for me to, to be in the ring with, with a man who beat Mike Tyson, beat a lot of great champions, Holy, um, George Foreman, just to name a few. And for me to pretty much outbox him, unfortunately, I was 
I was at the short end of the skit stick. They robbed me. I want the round. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, exactly. Yes, with James. Yeah, Chris Burr. But God's blessed me. He had some for me. You know, towards the end of my career. Here I am, getting ready to finally, hopefully, win and win this championship against Shannon. Yeah, you gonna win it. You gonna win it. Bring yeah, it back yeah. to the cage. Yeah, you bring it back yeah, to the yeah, yeah. Now, now, yeah, now, now, now. Uh, what, what's it like? Now you going You can ready to go to like Miami and train, right? Yes, yes. Now yes. I can think of a lot of places to go do some work. Miami ain't one of. Them. It depends on the work. Yeah. Oh yeah, right, <laughs> right. The last time. Well, no, nah, you can't talk about that. I forgot. Well, a lot of people <laughs> say, "Oh man, the distraction, South Beach, you yeah. see all the bikini." Well, with me, you know, when it's time, the, the, you know, when it's life definitely situation, and boxing is an individual sport. So it's pretty much like tennis, golf. It's not like football, baseball. You know, it's a team. You know, ain't no team sport. It's an individual sport. You know, you gotta 80% mental, the rest, you know, it's physical. So mentally, you gotta be on point. You, I mean, if not, you cheat yourself. You go, yeah. you, you're setting yourself a failure. And when I go down there, it's great, great atmosphere. You know, I train at the fist, famous Fifth Street Gym with Muhammad Ali, you know, turned pro after he won the Olympics in 1960. So it's a lot of history there. And, um, you know, it's, it's away from distraction. You know, I can't train in Chicago. Uh, burning distraction on my family and friends. And, yeah. you know, I need to stay focused. So I got to be away. Not too much. I mean, I love it. You know, it's kind of funny to say that. Out of all heavyweights, I never sparred with her, but we did fight on a co-main event when I had my HBO debut in 2001, right after 9-11 at the Javits Center in New York City. And Shannon Bray was fighting on a co-main event against Jamil McClain. And, you know, of course, he was flashing back there. He had the Braves, and uh, he got whooped. And I ended up upsetting uh, David Eisen, who, had, who was supposed to fight Vladimir Klitschko at the time. And Klitschko checking out, pulled out. And I came in there last minute and upset this this Nigerian they call uh, David Eisen. And that's when I you know, made my uh, spot in, in a heavyweight division, the top ten. Nice. Hey, you know what now? First of all, I got boxing in my blood. My uncle was uh, Ernie Terrell. Ernie Terrell, God bless his soul, man. man. Dear my, friend of mine. That's my uncle. That's your friend? Oh, dear friend. I used to go to all his countryside <laughs> boxing yeah. shows. He started yeah. promoting. Oh, that's yeah, my, I know that's very well. That's my grandfather's uh, brother. Unfortunately, oh, he didn't teach him anything. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. He can't duck enough. Yeah, oh, I, can't, I, can't, I can't figure out that damn speed bag for nothing, man. Um, How y'all do that, man? I've been, I jump rope. I jump rope and that. I still can't figure out that. It takes time, and, you know, it's the time. Man. Yeah, it's, it can be confusing. How long did it take you to catch on to it? It took me a while, too. Like, close to a year. Oh, okay. When right. I was 13, I was, okay. you know. He did for 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, 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 it takes me a year. Oh, no wonder I couldn't get him. Got Charles Heard here from the Big Heard Show. What up, man? What up, Charles Heard? All right. Tell him what we got, CB. Tell him what we got. 24, 41. Got a check, got a check. Check, check. We need something for research. <laughs> <laughs> now, so, okay. You win. After you win the title, what's next? God willing. After coming on the show and talking about the fight. Oh, yeah. Celebrate. Oh, yeah. Celebrate my peeps in Chi-Town. Uh, unification. You know, I do a, a one more last uh, farewell fight in my home country where I was born. San Juan, Puerto Rico, after yeah. we were coming to Coliseum, that's been my dream, you know, but you know, with the politics and the sports, ain't no telling, you know, yeah. so I definitely, you know, want to do one more fight, and, um, you know, for my legacy. With the, with the politics of the sport and the way things are going, do you think there'll ever be a point where boxing just kind of really goes away? No, boxing is a sweet science, it's a, 
gentleman sport and, and the world needs this sport. I mean, all walks of life loves fighting. This is the real deal compared to MMA and all these other martial arts. Nothing compared to boxing. Boxing is the real deal. That's what they call sweet science, the gentleman sport. Discipline. Really? So, so you've been around obviously for a while with boxing. Is this, I don't want to use the phrase, the word worse, but as far as boxing being kind of quiet, you know, in the 90s, like you said, we had time. Right, yeah, 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 yes, yeah, yeah. Does right now, right now seem like a time where it's kind of quiet and soft and it's not like it was? Well, it's, time well I see what you're saying. You know, well, Floyd Mayweather made a, a nice little name. You know, it was only a couple of years ago, you know, 2015 when he fought Pacquiao, so that was a big thing. I mean, now you we got the UFC, you know, making a name, but it's not boxing, like you said. And yeah, boxing's kind of took a little decline, but we got some fresh, you know, up and coming talent that's got, you know, a premier boxing championship with the Al Heyman shows. Uh, like we got uh, Keith Thurman versus uh, Garcia. You know what I'm saying? It's gonna be a great, great unification fight. You know, WBC versus the WBA welterweight champion. So there's a lot of good talents coming up this year. So you know. People gotta get educated and up to speed to this talent that we got. You know, you got you know, tune in and Google these kids, these right. cats' name, and you all be seeing great fights this year. Who, who are a couple of your favorite up and comers right now? Um, Triple G. Um, oh yeah, he's yeah, from yeah. Kazakhstan. Kid could punch damn near like a heavyweight. I mean, I'm like, wow, this kid only weighs 160, 65 pounds, and he hitting damn near like a heavyweight. And I mean, knocking out these kids. He's got an interesting fight coming up. He's fighting Danny Jacobs and uh, New York. Brooklyn, and uh, Danny Jacobs is very talented. He knocked out Kid Chocolate in his last outing. Very impressive win. Um, I just hope he really in great shape to go 12 rounds movement because he's gonna have to be moving. Can't stand still with Triple G. Cause that dude, that dude's a killer monster. And then we got another talents in um, uh, Canelo. You know, he got schooled by Floyd Mayweather. You know, but he learned a lot. He was a little shorty when he fought Mayweather. Now he's pretty, you know grown and experienced. He's got a super fight coming up with another Mexican former champion, uh, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Oh, he's an all-time great. Yeah, he kept comparing his son to, to his father. So we got that coming up. And uh, we got some other up-and-coming fights uh, coming up, you know, in the heavyweight division. We got some fresh breath of air. There's one fighter from England named Anthony Joshua. He's fighting Klitschko, you know, he's defending his IBF heavyweight championship, you know, because all the titles are split up. You know, ever since Klitschko lost to Tyson Fury, Tyson Fury tested positive for cocaine. So that's why it's a little mess in the heavyweight division. So we got all these champions again. Right. Like back in the 80s, like we had a Tony Tubb, uh, the Tuckers, the Tony Tuckers, we got uh, all these other, you know, champions, Bone Crusher Smith, and, you know, Tony, you know, all these. So pretty much this decade is similar like that. And, and it's fortunate that I'm fighting for those, one of those titles. At the end of my career, which is a blessing, yeah. and um, and that's the WBA. So you know, they got the IBF champion, which is Anthony Joshua. The WBC is uh, Deontay Wilder. You know, he talks smack from Alabama, which is good. He sells the fight very well. And then uh, we got the WBO champ, kid from from uh, New Zealand. I forgot it, Joseph something. On these names. And the WBA, myself and Shannon Briggs, are fighting for that prestigious Shan title. Speaking of Shannon Briggs, tell us about your opponent. I know you're gonna beat him, but Let's, let's give him a little little respect oh, here. Of course, tell, of course. Tell, tell, what do you worry about? Uh, uh, is there anything that oh, you... Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Again, he's a heavyweight. He's a dangerous puncher. Okay. He's very dangerous the first three or four rounds. He's been in, it, in the ring with, with a lot of great fighters. Yeah. The Lennox Lewis, the George Foremans, um, 
um, you know, so the Klitschko, the older Klitschko brother was a mayor of Kiev, Ukraine right now. Right. So he's, a, he's been in there with several killers, um, and uh, he's shown to, to have power. You know, he right. came from um, behind from being down in the scorecards unanimously to, to defeat this one fighter for the real championship. Mm -hmm. He ended up knocking him out in the 12th round. And he was down in all the rounds, and you know he, he's always dangerous. You yeah. know, when I fight him, I gotta be make sure I'm ready for 12 rounds of boxing. Him. Definitely going to Well, and I'm not saying it's definitely going to 12, but I'm gonna be ready to go 12 if it does go 12. Okay. My man going to stop and get him out of there sooner than later. Yeah. I'm not gonna play with him. Right. But if, if, if that happens, and I gotta you know dig down deep and keep on grinding to the 12 round, then let it be. But I gotta make sure I'm on point. You know, my defense on point. Cause he's dangerous at all times, and uh, you know the man been in the ring, like I said, for a minute, and uh, you know you always gotta respect a heavyweight because you always have that heavyweight power punch, you know, to, to change the fight the, at any exactly. time. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Now uh, I want to ask you about Floyd Mayweather, and I know that's your boy. I, I think the fact that that he controls the fight, he's he's giving the payout, like the whole Pacquiao thing. I just didn't think that's fair. Like, he's been Pacquiao, Pacquiao works for him. You know, that's your boss. So of course you're gonna lose to your boss. Well, in that particular fight, I see what you're saying. That's how it is. Um, in his previous fight, but in that particular fight, um, Bob Arum was Pacquiao's promoter, mm -hmm. and Floyd was his own boss, which is a great thing. Yeah. So he's got, you know, Pac I mean, Pacquiao got his little fair share. And, but of course, Mayweather got the whole bulk of it because he's the only boss. But, but but isn't Mayweather wasn't it like a uh, was it wasn't a Mayweather's production or whatever? What wasn't the whole? It's thing? different. Like my fight with Shannon Briggs, my fight, you know, since we didn't agree on in the thirty days, the, the WBA recommended us to agree to make uh, the championship fight, you know, uh, to go forward without the purse bid. Because now my fight's going to a purse bid, which means now it goes to any promoter worldwide, whoever outbids whoever gets to be the exclusive promoter of both fighters. The fighter, are you, are you like uh, I'm kind of all the above, um, but I'm technical and smart. I'm not going to go in there and just try to attack and slug it out. No, no. I, mental, you know, you know, dissect, you know, the opponent, you know, technical and, and mentally. It's majority mental, though. You're right. It's like, you know, it's like chess. You know, I can't just going there and, and just, you know, abruptly just going there throwing punches, you know, without you know, thinking, because I'm going to get caught with a punch if I do that, you know. So I'm a technician, you know. I'm a, I'm a boxer before a puncher, so, so I'm a technical fighter and jab, jab, hit without getting hit type fighter. And unfortunately, the fans might not like it, but like I said, I fight smart and I'm not going to be fighting for this fan or that fan. I'm fighting for my health and my victory. Yeah. Hey, do you think I know we all know you had a couple of fights where you know they refer to robberies of the year, a couple, yeah. you know, uh Holyfield, Tony. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel if you had a at the time, even though you were known, do you think if you had a bigger name, it would have went the other way? Or if it was, you know, vice versa, if it was you fighting somebody less than a Holyfield, do you think they would have leaned towards your favor? Because it was fights like you said that you yeah. got robbed of. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, I fought in Holyfield's hometown, you know, he was the promoter, his promoter was his promoter, so of course, I had to knock these guys to get a fair shake, so that's what happened. Like when I fought Chris Bird for the IBF World Heavyweight Championship with Don King with my promoter, 
you know, I whooped Chris Burr, knocked him down. One of the greatest up, you know, upstairs in boxing. George Foreman said he's not gonna announce boxing, you know, Comptown Boxing after that fight because he said what, what they did is a black guy to boxing, it's a travesty. And I'm uh, fortunate I'm a poster child today, and and, I, and you know, that's why I can attest to other future champions or, or about to be champions. Hey, you know, make sure you get a fair shake. Make sure you fight in neutral, you know, zone, neutral corner, because. You know, if you're gonna fight in the Lions Den, make sure you get paid for it. Make sure you know you, you have some protection. Make sure you're supposed to from promoters or managers and work on your best behalf, not just on it for their pockets, you know, so they can go home and, and, and just throw you away because you just you know money maker for them and you know and I and I'm a post child and that's why I advise a lot of up and coming prospects, I mentor to them and I advise them because unfortunately things like that happened to me in the past and I hate for that to happen to other up and coming champions. You know? Who's your toughest opponent? Oh man, I had a tough one back in uh, 2001. Man, this guy came out of prison from from uh, actually he was from was New Orleans, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Not too far from New Orleans. His name was Etienne. Uh, was it? Clifford the Black Rhino Etienne. That guy was like a monster. He was. He came out of prison, knocked out everybody, beat, uh, knocked out. Uh, hey. Lawrence Claybay, Lamont Brewster, Cliff Carlson, just to name a few. And then Showtime, you know, I did my Showtime debut. They put me with him. He was an 11-1 favorite to beat me. This was in Vegas back in the days. It was my Showtime debut, and uh, it was one of my biggest upset, proudest victory. If you Google that fight, you'll see, you know, I, I, I scream. You know, like I said, I'm from the Harvard Projects. I ain't poor no more. I just beat this monster, you know, the bully. And here I am at the top of the world, you know, got a top five world ranking after that victory. After a fight, I'm a big wrestling fan, but like after a fight, are you guys talking wrestling? I want to know, like, I know it's all, it's all, it's all politics in the back and all that. Everybody's cool. What's it like? Now you just fought a guy from prison, like. How's that afterward? Like you guys are cool? I mean, you know. Well, yeah, what I mean? As a gentleman sport, afterwards we embrace and hey, you know, he did all his talking and promoting the fight just like Shannon Briggs doing now. Yeah. You know, my next opponent for the heavyweight. You talking you know, smack? He does all this, you know, Instagram. Yeah, let's go, champ. You know, this champ. You know, Fred, this and Fred, that. He called me Fried Nintendo. You know. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah, because Fred's Kendo. He said Fried Nintendo. Oh, okay. okay. So that's good. Now let me you tell you something. Fight. I got a guy right here. You need somebody to talk some smack for you? Oh, really? You need, now, this guy right here, he'll take care. <laughs> you ain't got to say nothing. You just got to go hey, ahead and say, hey, he talks smack. Now, he got it. Just roasted. Just, hey. Now, if not, he'll, he'll talk so much smack to the man, might not show up. Wow. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Easy money you ever made. Hey, controversy sells, so I definitely need yeah, that. Yeah, there you go. That's not my game. You know, I do my talk in the ring, and yeah. you know, I perform in the ring. And, Hey, I love to have a little, a little action and entertainment. No problem. Yeah, my brother, you might have to do that. Yeah, yeah, I'll bring him. I'll bring him. Yeah, he works yeah, for me. Know. I'll bring him. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm stuck. I'm stuck so like Chuck. King. Yeah. <laughs> New John King. Yeah, I love it. I love Everything it. he told me about that, hey, he go. Only in America, right. right. Only in America. Yeah, that don't sound so bad after all. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, man. Follow Inside the Cave on Instagram at Inside the Cave and at Cave Crush for the hottest women on the planet. Like Inside the Cave on Facebook, Inside the Cave Podcast, and follow Inside the Cave on Twitter at Cave Crush. Inside the Cave. Thought-provoking ignorant guy talk with special guests and Cave Crush interviews. Thought-provoking.
thought-provoking ignorance with special guests and cave crushes. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Maya, and I'm going inside the cave. And cave crushes. Inside the cave. Films. All right, so how long have you been at the restaurant? Oh, now it's going on two years. You know, I've been blessed. You know, even though know, I took a lot of punishment, punches for this, but you know, it's, it's, it's doing pretty well. Me and my wife, yeah. running it. You know, my son is the general manager, and you know, it's been a blessing. That I got my family involved, and uh, you know, just want to keep it going. Now, the history you said. Mobsters ate here before they got. So say that story. Tell oh, yeah. that story again. The, uh, my restaurant is next to the famous Biograph Theater, where the famous bank robber John Dillinger from 1930s got shot up by the FBI. He eluded the FBI for many, many years, robbed many, many banks. He was from Indiana, but he used to come to Chicago, make all his come ups into his faithful neck back in 1930. This lady, which is famous for Lady in Red, set him up with the FBI. He got popped off, and the rest was history. So here I am. They got this restaurant near a historic site, which is a, you know, a, a lot of people, you know, come in, in bus, buses and tour buses and tour this, this song, and, uh, and the time and location where this restaurant is, is iconic. And um, yeah, you know, I, I feel very proud that I own this restaurant, which they made that famous movie. Uh, it's called uh, uh, back in back in 19, 2009, Public Enemy. Yeah, with stars Christian Bale and Johnny Depp. Yeah. They ate at this restaurant and and and. I filmed in this restaurant, so it was pretty iconic. Man, you know, I'm a part of it. Hey, don't take this the wrong way. You seem like such a nice guy. Like, I feel like I could take you. <laughs> yeah, I do. It's in the beginning. 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 But how can you be such a nice guy and then get ready to tear somebody's head off? I just don't. Like I said, this is a gentleman's sport. You know, like I said, I was raised in the roughest area in the housing project in Chicago. And uh, you have to fight my way. But this, this sport taught me a lot of discipline growing up. And remember, I started at the age of 13. I was a young kid. So, you know, my mom taught me a lot of discipline. And, and I was, uh, you know, like I said, in a great environment with great teammates, great boxing coach coming up. Yeah. And, you know, to stay humble. You know, I made it to the status. I came from nothing. I came from the dirt, you know, from the poverty of Puerto Rico yeah. to the, poverty, the housing projects of, of Chicago. And here I am. Lincoln Park, one of the most prestigious neighborhoods in the city of Chicago, and yeah, I'm trying to make it, man. Yeah, man. Now, and I, I, I think a lot of people, I know a lot of people don't realize how hard it is to box. I, uh, Michael, second, second to none. Second to none, of course, yeah. from Iowa. That's for Iowa. His uncle, I know his uncle, oh, Marshall wow. Jackson. Uh-huh. And he whipped me in the shape a little bit. And the first time he said, all right, now it's time to put these gloves on. Come on, this guy here, let's, let's go. <laughs> shit, three, what, three minutes around? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit, I was going by two minutes. I was, hey, <laughs> they, even had, they even had marathon runs, marathon champions going to the ring. And just, you know, lightly go to box. They can barely do a round, barely do two rounds. And these are marathon runs that run 26 miles in record-breaking time. And, and boxing is totally, totally different monster, different cardio. I mean, it's just one of the you know roughest conditioning sport that that man could, could be in. That's why they call the heavyweight boxing championship is one of the most prestigious, if not the prestigious uh, championship in sports. Period. Yeah, that, 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 <coughs> around with, and you gotta keep your hands up. And take exactly, at all times. Keep your hands up at all times. The referee says. Yeah. <laughs> right. 
All right, let's be deceived. So, how, how did you feel? You, you didn't lose your first fight to what, 22? Yeah, 22 and 0. Oh, yeah, so, I made a mistake with David Tua. It's no, a moment punch. So, how was your head? You know, you 20 and 0. Oh, yeah, so I took it for granted. And that was one fighter again, just like Shannon, mm. which this time I got experience. I took him for lightly. Even though I was dominating him, um, he had that, you know, puncher's chance. And that's what happened. I had one more round to go. All I had to do was just dance and prance and I'll box and jab him. What I decided to do, go toe-to-toe, -to -toe, punch with him. And I got caught. And it was an experience. And they prematurely stopped it. But I was hurt. And uh, the rest was history. But I learned. You never learn. All I can picture right now is him knocking CB out and what, what did Mike Tyson tell us? That's great. My back hurt. What is it? Spinal. Spinal. <laughs> <laughs> who, who you think is the greatest of all time? I, I still think Muhammad Ali. Who's second? Um, he said might not be his first. You don't think Muhammad Ali's the greatest? Um, I thought that was just... Guaranteed. I think, I think everything you know, that came No, no, it's nothing to discuss. Ali is the greatest. I agree with you. But the number two, is, I'm just thinking how close it is because the number two pick is, you know, because I'm a historian of boxing. It's probably the first heavyweight, African-American heavyweight champ. Which you Jack, there you go. Jack Johnson. Yep, Jack Johnson. Jack his Johnson. time, And his time for him to have those masterful boxing skills. I mean, it, it was it was unseen of, and then I put him tied with, of course, the great Joe Lewis, the Brown Bomber. Yeah, I mean, this dude has six inch, you know, punch and knocks you out with hooks and six inch right hand. I mean, sweet. I mean, I learned from him because I was trained by old school trainers in the South Side of Chicago, so I learned a lot about you know the African American heavyweight champion history. Do, do you think Mike Tyson was overrated? You know what? I know I, I'm putting Mike Tyson up there in the top top ten. Ten of all time? Yeah, ten of all time. Nice. Yeah, because what he did it was unprecedented at that advanced. I mean, at that least exactly. He was only 19 years old fighting for the undisputed championship. That's unheard. Of. I mean, ain't no fighter nowadays. You know, you win the championship in the mid 20s and all that. You win it in your teenage. I mean, that's that's in a heavyweight. Yeah, that's that's that's. I don't think we'll never see nothing like that again. You think Customato is what really he made it happen? And Tyson's in history books because of that. I put him in the top ten because of that. Nice, nice. I remember my uncle uh, took me to a boxing match in '84, '85, and I just wanted to jump off the top of the rope. I was a big wrestling fan. Oh. <laughs> and, um, and Jimmy's flying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and the and the best thing, my dad was still around. The best thing that ever happened. The ring girls uh -huh. came around and gave me a kiss. Man. <laughs> man. Every single one, they, every oh, really? round they came around, gave me a kiss, gave me a kiss, man. I was five years old, man. Right, right, right. Man. That's been the same since. That, that, that's my experience with boxing same right same. there, man. Oh, wow. Yeah. I always want to get to the beginning of each round. <laughs> like, hurry up so I can see the ring girls. That's a good one. That's a good ring girls. That's a Memories of a lifetime. Yeah, man. Do you go back and uh, teach at the high school at Sheriff? Across Sheriff High School? Yeah, that's where I you know, started boxing. I used to bring my trophy when I won my first Golden Glove title in 1990. Novice. I used to be proud and bring that trophy to Sheriff High School. But now, you know, I mentor to a lot of at risk youth. You know, I have a not for profit, the Fresno Kendall Boxing Academy. If anybody want to check it out, it's F O B A I N T L dot org. You can donate, you know, for a great cause. You know, I mentor. Many, many kids in the inner city of Chicago, you know, 
uh, at-risk youth, and uh, that's my advocacy, you know, to help a lot of kids. And of course, I'm part of a coalition with the Cabrini Green Legal Aid, you know, passing new laws in the Springfield to give brothers like myself second chances, you know, for jobs. You know, yeah. for Park District, you know, they denied me to open up a boxing gym to help these at-risk youth in, in the whole park community, where, which we need that because of my background. You know, something I did 20-some years ago when I was a teenager, made a mad mistake. So, you know, I'm always, um, I'm, you know, pioneering uh, a great cause of justice, which we go to Springfield and, and we, we pass these, these laws and, you know, Ronald, he's been very, uh, very, very, uh, how you say, um, you know, uh, understanding to, even though we're Democrats, but him being a Republican, he's been pretty even so far in passing these great laws, which now gives people like brothers like myself, you know, a chance to work at the park district, you know, with yeah. the kids because, you know, a year ago, they didn't. You know, you have a lifetime ban. I don't know if a lot of people know. You wow. all know that. You, know, you can't work for the CTA, healthcare, um, oh, what else? Uh, you know, all these state and, and city jobs. Yeah, they got a lifetime ban. But now, you know, they lifted that ban as of last year, and I was part of that coalition. Hey, like I say, he's such a nice guy, man. He's political and everything. What <laughs> a great cause, though. Yeah, what's right. Yes, absolutely. Yes, yes. That's yeah, why. Yeah, that's my passion. Yeah. You know, to help one kid. I can save one life. You know, I did my job. Wouldn't it just be better these kids put the guns down? Yeah, it is. See, that's that's my saying. You know, put the guns down. You know, pick your you know, yeah. gloves up. You know what I'm saying? But it's not even about taking right, them off. Right, right. Like, okay, like for for, oh my, for instance, uh -huh. when when did you get like? I think a lot of people are scared to get punched because that's why I was always scared. I was terrified too. And but once you get hit, that's an thing. You, you, you realize that's all. Okay, it's okay, it's okay. All, I can take this. What? Peace off. Bye, bye, bye. You get that blood. That adrenaline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ain't no time to be scared. Right, 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 right. That's what happened. I think they're scared to take a lot. Nowadays, you do anything wrong, anything silly. They got you on camera. Yep. Now you're oh, a clown on the internet. Absolutely. Yep. Well, they now, really even if you turn around and you shoot somebody, all of a sudden yeah. you, you cool. Like, what the hell is shooting people? That's become crazy, cool? man. Like, you know, I come from the 90s. You know, that's one of my youth and my teenage years and some of the best times of my life. You know, nowadays in the 2000 and 2010s and up, like my brother just saying, it just said that, man, bro, I mean, guns. I mean, brothers from the south side, west side, you know, some of the north side, I mean, Man, they just quick to pull the gun. I mean, these kids are not knowledgeable. These are shorties, 15 years old, 16, yeah. teenagers. The Reese who killed this two-year-old, this yeah. clown, got really? up in, you know, in, in, uh, in his uh, hearing. You know, the police officer let him get a couple of shots because yeah. you know they got a, uh, you know, now they got a, you know, how you say how they, they put a name on this dude? We watching him. He just killed the kid. So when he gets in the joint, make sure we whoop him. Yeah. Now he's, you know, he's a marked man. It's stupid, stupid. But these kids, like I said. They need right mentorship, you know. They're good parents in the house, you know. They probably just, you know, fence for themselves, and that's that's when we gotta get them from the root before yeah, they, yeah, they, they yeah. enter to that realm, and, and it's too late. And you see these type of you know crimes, and you know these people from the city, Brown Emanuel, all these guys, they ain't doing, you know, yeah. they ain't doing that, you know. Yeah, all the police officers and that, you know, and then clown Donald Trump saying, "Oh, we're gonna get the feds and all this." Man, we gotta get these kids before they even flower, you know, like flower, blossom. Yeah, yeah. To, to, gotta to water when they fill the seed. Exactly, beautiful. That's the beautiful saying I'm talking about. Yeah, That's me. I'm, I'm a champion. Of what's right? Yeah. Um, and it's, it's beautiful. What is? What's the name? Yeah. 18th. 
18 February 18th in Chicago, and it's 60 degrees. And I had to ask somebody, how many people you think gonna get killed? That's crazy. The city of Chicago, we're like capital murder city. I mean, people think you know, like Afghanistan, Iraq. I mean, friends that I, I know. From other city, boxing friends. Man, I ain't going to Chicago to visit you, man. I, no, I don't live in that environment. It's just sad. Yeah, Certain I tell people that all the time. Chicago is not a majority of Chicago is beautiful. It, yes. it, it's sightseeing. I mean, it's historic. But it's unfortunate. These little neighborhoods, little pockets of insurgents just destroy the name of Chicago. Yep. It's just crazy just because. Yes, yes, it just it's just not right, you know. We, we we deserve better. And it don't help that we the most segregated city in America. Right. I mean the, the line of demarcation is drawn very clear. Right. Don't yep. don't come over yeah, here. Yeah. Yeah. And we not going over there. Right. You know what I mean? Exactly right, right. It's just man, I just wanna be a you know a, a part of, you know, just cleansing all the all the madness and with our kids and the communities and bring this positivity to, you know, fruitness, you know, from, like we said, from the root up, you know, we can't yeah. do it when they're 16, 17, when it's too, yeah, late. too late. I mean, they, I mean, they ain't gonna listen to you, yeah, look at you, yeah. I, got, I got a piston out there, what are you talking crazy, I'll be back. Yeah. I mean, these kids got this mentality and it's just, I'm sorry to say it's too late because no mentorship. It's almost too late when they get 8, 9, 10, you know? You got I, I, you're, you're I see you right. right yeah, yeah, right yeah, right away. So the, the pattern has been established. This is this, and you can't do this, you can't do that. Exactly. Don't do this, this yeah. is not a good idea. So and by the time they get to that age you're talking about, yeah. they already know. Oh, so I know this already. I know not to go in this area. I know not to hang with this guy. Yeah. I know I'm going to get in trouble if I do this. I know selling drugs is going to leave me. I watch my See, father my mother work. So I kind of know. And this is very important, you know, because I've been there, and I'm a testament to the streets of violence, and, and I lived it because I'm from the housing project of Chicago where there was gangs, land kings, vice lord, deuces. Um, my next one there was a dope fiend, you know, drug dealer. And, you know, but my mom, you know, she was a single mom. She did a great job with me and my my three other siblings. And, uh, I mean, I see this. So, you know, even though I made a little stupid move and wanted to, Make a little quick fix, a little money, you know, when I have my little family, you know, yeah. you know, just growing and I try to make this fast money and it cost me, you know, my, my couple of years, I mean, not years, but half a, half a year of my life. And, and that time taught me, you know, it taught me a lot. And my mom taught me a lot. And I promised her when she came and got me from jail and started crying, just hugging me. Then I see this woman like that, came from Puerto Rico, sacrificing and, and had us, you know, live a great, great, you know, City in Chicago because Puerto Rico is like a third world country when I came over here. Yeah. And, you know, it, it just made me change. You know, what boxing is my calling. You know, the rest is history. And look at look at me today. You know, so I mean, I can be a testament to that because it's not easy, man. It's not easy. I mean, everybody says, oh, you know, the thing is you can just change your mind. And oh man, I almost got sucked into that. I mean, I caught a case and it came to hunt me years later. You know, because I got a felony. You know, it wasn't a, a criminal. A violent crime, but it was, you know, a, yeah. a possession. You know? Yeah, but nonetheless, yeah, exactly. Bite you. Yeah, yeah, but you know, you know what I'm saying it's it just, it just, uh, you know, it opened up my mind, and, and it's my passion. I mean, I could have been like, you know, I made it, I made my career. The heck with the neighborhood, they can fend for themselves and all that. But no, man, I'm an advocate to what's right, and they need my help. Our community, not just the Latham homes where I'm from. Every community, community green, everywhere, Stateway Gardens, even though they don't exist no more. In all the neighborhoods, they, they need brothers like ourselves to keep reaching out. Amen to that. Back to the, back to the uh, yeah. matter at hand, right. what you going to do night of the fight? Oh, man, hey, that's, you know, relaxing, energizing myself. Uh, uh, 
you know, concentrating, you know, meditation, eating you know, a nice little meal before I can't, you know, release my secret, you know, I'm going to have a nice, oh, okay. great meal, you know, okay. into nutrition and, and uh, basically meditation before the fight. You know, Could you give me like a boxer's diet? What's a good boxer's diet? I heard things like eating peanuts and water. <laughs> you heard that? I never heard that. You heard that? Yeah, I heard that. That sounds like an elephant. You still get nervous? Oh, maybe. Yeah. I mean, you ain't nervous. It, like Mike Tyson said in one of his interviews when I was an amateur and I heard it from them. And I see what Mike Tyson saying. All fighters are nervous. If, if, if a fighter ain't nervous before a heavyweight championship or any championship fight, he's a lot. I mean, he, he's lying. He's lying with his teeth because he's terrified. I mean, Yes, you're very nervous. Yeah, because it's like you're getting ready to go to war. It's like going to Iraq. It's like going to Afghanistan. Damn, you're getting ready to go to, to the battlefield. There's a chance that, man, I can get popped or, I mean, anything. So that's how, how we feel, yes. What, what kind of music you come out to? Well, you know, I, I love music. You know, I'm from the projects. I'm from the urban, you know, neighborhoods. You know, I love my salsa. You know, that's my culture. You know, my family. You know, I like the uh, Hector Laveau, uh, the, you know, the... Uh, 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 it's Mario Rivera, and he's an iconic salsa singer with the with the congas percussion. That's my you know that's my root, you know the African root, which brought it in Puerto Rico. But I love hip hop, you know. I'm yeah. from, you know, I love you know the old school, you know, tribe, uh, most deaf, um, you know, J Electronic, you know. Yeah. Uh, I like electronic. You know, I like uh, you know uh, Mob Deep, uh, of course Biggie. Uh, Big pun. So you need one song to get you pumped up for the biggest fight of your life. What song you pump? What song you play? One song, Nas. You know, that's the generation I grew up. Okay. We're the same age. Um, I can't see it right now, but if I look it up, I'll find it. Nas, if not the greatest MC, me. Pound for pound, you know, people say Jay Z. Yeah, he's gonna agree with you. You see the hat? But uh. But man, I, re I respect all the great, great, you know, legends of hip hop, you know, especially like the Pox, uh, the Big Pons, uh, yeah. the Biggies, and you know, Jay Z. I mean, they opened up the doors for the up and coming rappers now. You know, you got the, you know, which I don't really, you know, into. You know, yeah. the kids they love the, the Chief Keys and you know, all these other, you know, yeah. Khalif or whatever. I mean, yeah, I'm not yeah, familiar yeah. with these up and coming. Right. <laughs> we I'm got sorry, you. I'm we old got school. You. I'm yeah. a, you know, I'm a pioneer of old school original rap. Now you are part of the Fire Fan as well as well as we are, right? That's right, right. Fire right. Fan. Keep so this running. interview is sponsored by Fire Fan. Oh, absolutely. It's so, so, uh, so you got your own league on there too? Yeah, that's right. Okay. That's my NBA, uh, football. Well, we just passed. I'm a fanatic of football, baseball, basketball. I love sports, tennis. I'm a sports fanatic, and you know, it's fortunate I do boxing, but I love basketball. You know, football and baseball and tennis. Those are great sports that yeah. I grew up watching. So that's what everybody needs to do. You need to download that FireFan app right now. That's right, right. And then you can play against the champ. Disappointing. This, I mean, yeah. I was devastated. It's just like at me and Chris, Chris at my house. Man, we were just cheering victory. I mean, good Tom Brady. He, he can't be the greatest quarterback. I mean, this guy has no skill. He's not like like, like our boy uh, from the Green Bay Packers. I'm a Packers fan, unfortunately. Yeah, right. Boo, I know everybody, my kids think I'm crazy. Yeah. But they got, you know, they got this uh, Cutler guy. And ever since, they just everybody. Uh, Michael Bennett, you know, um, all these running backs and the receivers. You know, they, they let everybody go. And, I mean, I just can't stand it. The Bears organization, so you know, I went to the, the coast, which is Green Bay. So I'm a Rogers fan, 
and you can't compare, you know, this damn clown uh, Brady with Rodgers, man. I'm like, how can he be the great? Rodgers is the coldest, you know, MVP to me, but because he won five Super Bowls and he had great backup, you know, Michael Bennett, who was from the Bulls, I mean, Bears, I mean, all these guys, you know, I mean, gave this guy a fighting chance. Now he's a Super Bowl champ because, and then also, you know, in the politics side, I don't even know Brady's 100%. Donald Trump supporter, you know, yeah. his own teammate, then half of the team can't stand him. Several white players, you know, uh, long one and long brothers that that uh, declined to meet with Trump. You know, we had yeah. a couple of white folks. You know, I think Belichick's going to cut him. That's what I say. <laughs> wow. Well, probably. I won't be surprised. Yeah. It's just sad for the sport, but, but uh, that's what it is, man. It happens. All right, man. I know you got other places to go, but I appreciate you going inside the cave with us tonight, man. Yeah, make sure you guys, you know, check in, tune in inside the cave. This is great for the sport, great for us. On the Anthony Shy Town worldwide, you guys make sure and listen to this great, great, great cave. Tell the name of the, head, uh, name of the place and the address of the restaurant. Yes, yeah. make sure you guys come in and support me, man. Support, you know, patronize this great, great restaurant, historic restaurant, thebiographdiner.com. Check me out. Okay. Come on through. Everybody say the cave. Get 20, 20%. Uh-oh. Right? You heard it. You heard it there. Inside the cave. You come on through and you get 20% off. And let, me just, and let me just say this. The Sprite here is great. That's what I said. <laughs> well, so, so imagine the burgers, the omelets. You know, we got all healthy stuff. Uh, uh, salads, you know, with gluten free, You know, we got uh, organic salad, chicken breast salads. We got great omelets. We're known for our pancakes. We got, you know, gluten-free uh, no, multi-gram. I'm about to order uh, what you eat. I want to uh, look like you. Oh, yeah. You know, I eat my you little rabbit, chicken breast and, and steak, you know, uh, chicken breast. I mean, actually, wraps. You know, it's, uh, chick, uh, Caesar salad, wraps that I normally eat, you know, nice and light and digest quick so I can get ready for my second training day. Yeah. Second training over the day. How many miles uh, you running? Uh, today I ran a good four miles, a beautiful day. Uh, that's it? You know, that's it. I yeah, ran 12. Right. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. 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 Did you tell you 12 years? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Oh, uh, man. Well, right now the fight's going to Persbury, guys. So, you know, it's going on the 23rd. You know, it's going to be a very historic day. So make sure you guys tune in. WB8 World Boxing Association Persbury will be February 23rd, which will be next Thursday. We'll find out who's going to be my exclusive promoters, and you'll find out my, my exact um, place that I'm going to fight. So it's a mystery now, but God willing, we're going to be at a beautiful place, and, and uh, I'm going to have I'm a you know, positive promoter. Let's, let's, let's get Vegas involved. Let's get Vegas. You know you got inside the KB chair for you, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I got you winning in the fourth round. What you got? What you got? What you got? Three. He said three. What you got? Four miles of Manisha. I'm going to have to go four. Four yeah. rounds, four you, miles, four rounds. <laughs> what you digging? I think Shannon's taking a beating a few times, so I think he's about to get it. Yeah, he's talking a lot of smack, so we're going to get him. What's the kid name again? Arthur Johnson? What's the bully yeah, name? Yeah, yeah, Arthur Johnson. Yeah, yeah. Arthur Johnson. Relax, relax. Relax. If you want to see somebody else get that. <laughs> he did me like that. <laughs> hey, brother, man, I'm glad to have you on, man. It's yeah, pleasure right. meeting you, man, it's for real. 41 North Lincoln. Yes, sir. Use yeah, that promo code Cave, man. Yeah, that promo code Cave. Come on through. 20% off. Yeah, man. Brother. Enjoy your night, man. Thank you, man. I really appreciate that, brother. Inside the Cave. Don't go nowhere. Bonus show. 
So Malone, kick off the 4 o'clock hour with some more heat for your ears, man. It's uh, Fusion Radio, second hour down, man. And uh, let me tell you, right, the fun keeps coming. So look, ladies, I know you've always wondered what do guys talk about in a man cave and everything. And uh, I got some fellas that's going to help me with this. They host a podcast called Inside the Cave. Right. I want you guys to go around and introduce yourselves, and then we'll get into how uh, the show was, was formed. Yo, I'm CB, the host of Inside the you Cave. Can I put an emphasis on that? That's right. <laughs> host. If you smell sun, it's us. We're the stuff. No, it's just him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm Joe Dirt, the uh, funniest and uh, most important okay, maybe that's true. person in the cave. <laughs> I have my own segment called The Dirt Sheets. <laughs> Take your mind uh, somewhere else. Yes. <laughs> After all the seriousness, we go somewhere else with yeah, yeah, it's, it's sad. Seasonal sad. Yeah, y'all better enjoy me now because I'm live, but not to show up. It's, it's funny. Show. It's funny. He just shows up for the main event stuff. Like if you listen to the show, I've been there three weeks in a row. Okay, he's been there three weeks in a row, but then you'll hear like 30 <laughs> episodes where he's not there. And yeah, all of a sudden, true. I say, "Hey, we're going live on Saturday. Hey, I'll be there." Cancel plans and everything. I'm like, "Oh, okay." He, so. he, he can't do a live show without me. So so are you like the one that sort of like, you know, every radio show had a person that sort of just keep every, everything together, no, no, you know, no, no, with no, no, things. No, 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 no. He's not that. He's every not that. radio show has one and he's that. And he's not what you think. Yeah. Oh I'm I'm the I'm the extra entertainment. See, like just like just like you have your notepad and everything. we have a script. We have not not really a script that we just just bullet points. Right. That's, that's what's over here. Right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody sticks to that format except for him. So, <laughs> Oh, wow. So, so he's total opposite. I'm more so spontaneous. He's one of them. I'm the moment. He's you know one what I mean? Yeah. You, can't, you can't script out everything. Yeah. I have. I, 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 I had one of those on the show, but then what happened uh, to him? He, yeah. he, messed, he messed around and, and he had a, you know, he had a child and he had to go be a father. So, you know. I'm a, I'm a father. I'm a right. So, so that's what happened. Yeah. Diary, diary, diary. <laughs> but, <laughs> The irony is, we're going to be saying the same thing. We had one of those on the show before. <laughs> so it's a few, it's, it won't be too long. We might oh. be getting rid of So the name of the show is uh, Inside the Cave, man. One of the highlights that I saw, man, and this is awesome, man. We got to get into this, man. You guys have over 10,000 subscribers, man. Like, yeah. Talk to me about how does that feel? It's all about consistency. You know? Yeah. Right. Definitely. Everybody tries, you know what I mean? Everybody's doing a podcast or doing some kind of radio stuff like that, but you got to be consistent. One thing about Inside the Cave, every Friday, show will be uploaded. You'll be hearing from your boys. iTunes, everybody listening, subscribe to us on iTunes. It's real easy to do. I just got three subscribers right here. It's real easy to do. Go to the podcast thing, type in Inside the Cave, look us up, hit that uh, cute icon, hit that subscribe button, tune in. Same thing on Google Play. That's what's up, man. So how did the radio show come come to power? I know it seems like it's simple because sometimes guys sit around, we have our conversations and everything, and, and really that that could be considered podcast form. But to take it to the next level, like how how did this show form? That's how it happened. Basically yeah. how you explained it, us being in a group chat yeah. and over time, man, we need to do something. Just talk smack. Yeah, we talk smack, then we get serious every now and yeah. again on the issues. And like, man, we need to put this out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, we just like, you know, we all we all known each other for like over 25 years. So the chemistry was already there. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, then, you know, it's a couple, it's like seven of us, actually. Wow. We got a guy that's in Alabama. Well, he's in Kansas City, but he tunes in 
Right. Give me signs in and uh, big dog. What up, right. big dog? Big dog. Uh, so Veli's, the dog Veli's, you know, Veli's here, and um, uh, we've got a cousin, Lamar. He, do, he takes care of all our feedback and stuff. So we're one, we one of the shows that, whether it's negative feedback or positive feedback, we read it all on the show. And don't yeah. care about it. Don't care. <laughs> yeah. right, so give me an example of some negative, and then give me an example of some positive feedback. <laughs> I was trying to read. Uh, trying to read. Trying to read. <laughs> trying. The feedback, because the feedback guy wasn't there. Yeah. Right. And, uh uh, we got some feedback talking about how I couldn't read. <laughs> I couldn't find my eyes. That really wasn't feedback. That was more truth. <laughs> Fact back. He got we got some heat um, a couple weeks ago. So I had this um, girl on from ESPN. She was on ESPN First Take. Right. She won the uh, contest with Stephen right. A. Right. So right. I had her on, and we had a, a nice conversation. Okay. And I just wanted to talk to her about the WNBA. I think the WNBA is a terrible product because they're not real with themselves. Okay. The women on there, look, look, it's a women's sport. So right. why are the women dressing like men? If you go to the gym and stuff like that, you don't see women wearing basketball uniforms. What do you see women in? So I said the WNBA will progress a lot faster and better if the women would dress like women. We're going to make the WNBA great again. Put me in charge. I'm trumping this stuff. All right. you got to do is put no, me no, in charge. That's not, I don't so, probably... So ain't the best the, words. I you want them it. to run up and down the court in high heels. I never said in yoga pants. I never said <laughs> minus the high heels, but I, and I just so so it, it, it got a lot of heat. I'm actually gonna upload it to YouTube as well. So right. it got a lot of feedback. A lot of our female listeners thought I was being sexist, but it's just being real. You know, okay. women don't okay. dress like that. Okay. Go, when do you see a woman wear a basketball uniform ever? That's you know true. What I mean? On the WNBA. When do you see men walking around in full basketball uniform? You see them wearing tank tops. You see them wearing hoop shorts. No, tank, I said a full basketball okay, uniform. But, okay, you never seen anybody wear an NBA jersey? That's not a full basketball uniform. Okay, you seen, if you've seen somebody wear an NBA jersey, if you've seen somebody wear NBA shorts, that's the same thing. I've never seen anybody wear Candace Parker's nothing. Skylar Diggins, nothing. I've never seen nobody wear that. Mm. So dress like how, if you want to make it marketable, make some money, Dress like how what women dress out when they when they work out. Well, that's just like asking a man to dress like men dress me out. Would you wear basketball? Would you play basketball when I'm wearing or a suit? Mm. Right. You got the men and the W the NBA's not having problems. The WNBA's having problems. So that's the kind of feedback we got. Women mm -hmm. started calling me sexist. Mm -hmm. Like I care. So like it's I mean, a lot. Like the lingerie football league. How is working out for them? I didn't say, but see, you guys are saying lingerie. I never said lingerie. I just well, what said, you well, so what would you want them to wear? What do they wear when they work what out? But they're that's, not working out. They're playing answer. basketball. What do you want them to wear? What do women wear when they work out? I don't know. But they're not Hell. working out. What, hmm. what do women wear when they're exercising? That's they're not exercising. They're playing basketball. It's the same thing, bro. No, it's, no, not. it's not the same. Thing. LeBron you, don't, James, you don't go to the gym lift weights and say I'm playing ball. LeBron James. <laughs> LeBron James is wearing <laughs> leggings underneath his uniform as, as we speak. Those are compression pants. Same thing. <laughs> Telling me the women just can't wear that? It's the same. So those are kind of conversations we have. And uh, it kind of took the guests. You know, she she wasn't expecting to talk about that. She was, look, I'm not Stephen A. You already right. talked about that on first take. When you come on inside the cave, you're going to talk about what we want to talk about. So, yeah, we did touch on that kind of stuff. But, hey, I got some stuff I want to talk to you about, too. So it kind of threw her off a little bit. But, hey, it is what it is. You know, that's what happens when you come inside the cave. You never know what you're going to get. We're talking with uh, the host of the podcast, uh, Inside the Cave, man. So what are you guys' thoughts on the whole Le LeVar Ball situation? I'm not talking about necessarily the recent comments. just all of them accumulated together. Tell what are your thoughts? Guy. And, uh, I think he's a great we, guy. At this rate, you got to realize what he's doing, man. He's just he driving more and more attention to his son. He more dads like him. 
and, and he he just <laughs> he he being outlandish. The more we talking about him, right? Right. Which is right. what he wants. Right. The more the more we talk about him, the more his name is in the news. The more his name is active, the more people go to people like, hey, I'm, my name hot, my kid's name hot. We balls, we ball out. Let's do a deal. But he hey. needs to shut up. No. In the end, it's not going to work out for him. No, it looks like Especially if his son be a bust. It doesn't matter. It's not going to work NBA out. NBA contracts are guaranteed. He's going to get paid regardless. So, like, from what you guys saw from his son in college, like, did it pique your interest to think that maybe he can be something special on the next level? Man, one of them saying the college game. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> 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 he fixed his mouth a lot right now. <laughs> I son is pretty good if he get a better jump shot, you know, going in the NBA because he can't run a team. He right. could, he could, he's an essential point guard. Okay. I don't think it matters. It's a business. It doesn't matter. Once you're in there, you're in there. It do okay. matter. He, if he, once he, look, Kwame Brown was the number one pick and he was garbage and he stayed in the league 10, 12 years. So, so once this guy, if, if he's a, if he's a lottery pick, he's straight. But, it, but it you can't you can't say it don't matter because his dad want a marketing deal. He want a, he want a get, distribution. He's deal. gonna get the pay. He's gonna get paid. He regardless. wants a distribution deal, and you will not keep a distribution deal if your product is no good, and if exactly. the person pushing the product is no good. Kwame Brown can't sell six sneakers. He couldn't. He wasn't any good. That's what his dad wants. I like my point better. It, like point always. Sucks. Some tell me something else new. Right. <laughs> So we was having a lot of fun. Uh, the host of Inside the Cave sure. are my guests today. Sure. And I was telling them this story before we get into more with them about how our radio station, I don't know if I've shared this with you, you and especially you, they wanted to take this little area, which is really our lounge here. We don't really have much. You know what I'm saying? It's probably only five people that can sit in the lounge without it being really crowded. And, and, I, and I say, hence, sit. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the rest of you be sitting. They want to take that and make that into, like, an area where the students here could come and eat and everything. And I was sharing with the host of Inside the Cave, like, man, I was thinking about that whole experience and how, man, people be at the door and I'm supposed to open up the door while I'm doing a radio show. They microwaving popcorn. I'm right. hearing all that on the air. <laughs> and then, you know, if the microwave don't work, then you knocking on the door while I'm doing an interview. And it's like, well, well, sir, the microwave doesn't work. And it's like, what am I supposed to do? Can about you fix this, please? Can you right. fix it? You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm doing the radio sitting here. I'm, I'm putting this food in for two minutes. Can you come get me when it does? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. The host. Of uh, the podcast uh, inside the cave, there here. So, uh, before the four o'clock hour, I broke the story about the feds investigating drug ties between Lil Wayne and Chris Brown, and uh, the whole connection. Those of you that may be tuning in now, uh, the connection is this Miami music producer and alleged drug dealer. His name is uh, Harrison Cuban Harry Garcia. He's on trial for federal drug charges, and um, the feds are looking at a tie between Lil Wayne. Uh, and Chris Brown. Well, Lil Wayne was definitely implementing in it because the guy, 26 years old, said he sold plenty of narcotics to Lil Wayne. Now, this trial is still ongoing. Uh, Chris Brown is trying to tie an affiliation with him because they're saying that he wired $15,000 to uh, Garcia. So I want to get the guy's the uh, perspective for Chris on Chris Brown and Lil Wayne is that they're both known drug users. So... <laughs> I think at the end they'll, of the they'll day, the of right. the they'll, 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 they'll just be customers. I think that they have serious drug problems. That's, that's you can look up, you know, it's Googleable if that's a word. And no, that ain't no word. Ain't no, word. No, 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 no. Today it's a word. You can't Google Googleable. Googleable. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, serious. I think I think because they have drug issues, that they'll be all right. I always say, look, 
Wayne, if they come and talk to him, all you got to say is show me some receipts. If I bought drugs from you, I need to see a receipt. I mean, if they talk to Lil Wayne, they'll know. This guy is a customer. <laughs> you try having a conversation. You seen Lil Wayne do an interview? I mean, that's, that's, I mean come on. Uh, you got shot time ties, not on stop cracking jokes. <laughs> Might not make it out of here. <laughs> Right. Tell me something. He got quiet. He got quiet. He got quiet. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. Part of seven coming out soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, but I, I hope the best for him, man. I, I hope the best for him. But like you say, if they're a customer, they could easily flip it up. Well, what you think your money was doing for him, it was supplying him with opportunity to get the drugs. So basically, he was funding his occupation, his yeah. situation. I got a drug problem. But they got the, the, the good thing for Chris Brown I mean, and Lil Wayne is they got more money than dude. Yeah, right. So they gonna, they gonna buy they can buy their way out of the situation. And they seriously have a drug problem. Yeah, you know, Lil, Lil to, Wayne everybody know Lil Wayne heavy with the lane and the yeah. weed. So and Chris Brown have a drug he, he been struggling for a while too. So. Yeah. so I wanted to share with those of you that are listening. This is a story that actually just broke late on Friday. So some of you that Breaking maybe. News. That were like, man, okay, I'm just like, where did this come from? It's, it's fresh news. So next week, all your favorite radio shows that you listen to during the week and podcasts, they'll be up in it, and they'll be talking about Heard it. it you best first. believe. Yeah, you best believe. It. Heard it you first. best, best believe. Uh, no doubt. So, man, I got to talk, talk with my brother Sam, man. Sam, man, look, man, since you're the funny one of the crew, man, give me some funny moments, man, in the Thank history of no, Inside funny. the Cave, man. No. <laughs> you, you know what? It's sad to say I haven't been on there enough to remember. <laughs> but, when he's on, but when he's on, he showed like. He I really not funny. He a word that I can't no, say no, on his uh, show. <laughs> I tell you what. Me and him family. <laughs> See yeah. how We're having a serious, a, a serious discussion about relationships one day. Because we do have a female that we brought on uh-huh. to make it balanced, right? And so while we're having a serious conversation, said Bricks, hey, man, nobody want to hear about that. I got a question for y'all. I was like, okay, what's the question? Um, I want to know, can you can you have sex with your side chick unprotected? Those are not the words he used, right, but we're right, on here, college right, radio. Yeah. And I said, you sure you want to ask? Can I say that? Am I talking, am I talking too much? Am I good? No, no, you good. Okay, you I, I try to clean it. You right in line. Okay, good, good, good. Yeah. And I said, you sure you want to talk about that? He said, yeah, I want to know. Can you do that unprotected with your side chick? And so next thing you know, that wasn't, what, like, once again, that wasn't on the, the bulletins that we started talking about. But it about. made for good And they had, a, now here's the thing. My wife does not listen to the show, thank God. But I promoted that show, and then all of a sudden, so what y'all talking about, side chicks? And I got, then other females who never even paid attention to us before. So who got a side chick they want to hit raw, on the, you know, all this kind of stuff. So... I'm like, dude, you and then and then hit us on top of that. The next week he don't show up. <laughs> so oh, hear none of the feedback. Yeah. So the next week he don't show up. So we got to talk up. What was he talking about? So I think that was episode sixty three or episode sixty four. Oh, that's when I hit him with the side chick slogan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I told him side chicks are like fast food. You ain't no good for you. You don't need them, but it's quick and easy. Yeah. Oh my god, man, that's crazy. That's crazy, man. Yeah. That is crazy. We man. call we just, him. We call him seasonal set. You know how, like, if you're working at a job, they might have the seasonal employees that come in for like, you know, Christmas time and stuff. That's, right, what, that's right. what he is. He's a seasonal Season, employee. Seasonal set. Seasonal set. Man shows up when he wants. Yeah, we recently reached our hundredth. Uh, 
episode. Congratulations yeah. on that, man. That's major, man. So, yeah, with you guys reaching 100 episodes, man, you know, and all this, this great energy that I hear in the studio, man, I hear, like, next level, like, seriously, yeah, you're right. daily, like, that you guys could be on daily, man. Oh. You know, like, what, what are your goals, like, as far as, you know, for this year and for years to come? What, as what we you say do? on the show, we're headed to the top and beyond. Mm-hmm. Well, I know I never say it like that. I, I would never say that like that. I've said it, <laughs> but I'm gonna let it happen. Right. I mean, you know, hey, if GCI, iHeartRadio, Clear Channel wants us, we can make time for you. So, yeah. like, if the offer was made, and I'm gonna put this out here, if the offer was made for morning drive, I know some people are not morning drive people. They can't imagine Wake waking up. up at four in the morning or something like that. It, they cringe, they face cringe when they think about that. But if that offer was made. And you guys could be the heart of the station and jumpstart people's day. Would you take that? Oh yeah, yeah. Wake you up, yeah. You wake up laughing and have your people call my people. We'll make it right. Give you something to talk about throughout your day. Everybody needs to laugh and a good morning. That's a good start to a good morning. We got coffee, especially on a Monday. Because that's what Inside the Cave is. People say you guys are a podcast or you guys are a radio show. Look, Inside the Cave is not a radio show. We're not a podcast. We're a show. Okay. Put it in podcast go. format yeah. for, okay. for on-demand listen. But, yeah, we do it all. Because what I love, and maybe as somebody in radio that still is it's a, it's a surprise that this is even what I'm doing, but, um, you know, what I hear is the balance. I love the balance. I'm sitting here and I'm listening. Well, you know, here's the thing. I keep these guys in line. They know who's, <laughs> they know who's <laughs> the top dog on here, right? Uh, well, see, uh, there's a hierarchy on this show. They know who's the top dog. That's how, that's how it is. You got to keep your guys in line. Once everybody's fit falls in line, everything else works. Ain't that right, Joe Dirt? As they say in the business, right. radio silence. Right. Oh, man. Now, you guys got a, a, a list of people that you've had on your show yeah, that there. I deem to be some extreme accomplishments, man, and everything, man. I mean, I mean, you guys know. have had some people like Maya yeah, and, yeah, and, 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 and Damon Williams yeah, and, yeah, you know, yeah. Leon Rogers, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, you guys have had a list of people, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I would be past our time limit, you know, as far as naming people. And they were very lucky to come on, you know. <laughs> and so, like, what, what did each have on each one of them on? What did, they, what did it mean to you? What was the pers- personal meaning behind For it? me, Inside the Cave was about us. We're the cake. The guest is the icing on the cake. You know, there's no inside the cave without us. So right. yeah, the guests are cool and I enjoy them. You know, I enjoy the cave crush segment the most. That's when we bring on hot women. Oh, and, uh, tell me about that, man. Come on, let's get uh, into oh, it. Oh, cave crush. Come on. Uh-huh. Yeah. Heels on the yeah. heels yeah. off. Follow, follow, uh, inside, follow cave crush on Instagram and you'll know what we're talking about, brother. Ah, uh, that's what's up. That's what's up. The, uh, the whack uh, wrestling sign. <laughs> 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 We had some good guests, though. Maya was a blessing. Yeah, I, I, no sure no lie. It was great talking with her. Meeting, that was a face-to-face interview like, it, like this is. And she's beautiful. Smells so good. Oh, she smells so oh, good. Man. I've had a crush on her since <laughs> the 90s, so teenage crush. I like when we interviewed uh, the Black Ant that was cool. oh yeah. Oh, yeah yeah Johnny Huber yeah, She's making Johnny headlines Huber. now we had yeah, show we had it though we had we had it first she went inside the cave she told us about Trump she gave uh she told us how she feels about Trump 
before and Will Smith. So. And, and you know what's, what's, what's wild about it? This conversation was shared with, uh, with the co-host of Fusion Radio, V-Man, is that, um, and I need to bring this to the table. I know a lot of people who listen to Fusion have wondered why, since the president-elect has been elected, why you have not heard me mention his name on this radio show, <laughs> why I have not brought anything to attention. Um, and it's just quite simply... Like, I'm not interested in really what's going... I, I don't want to say I'm not interested in what's going on as far as the world, but I'm not interested in bringing that to fusion and bringing down people's... Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, I think, I think a lot of people hear about him and his decisions and how he tries to divert and throw it on different other people to, yeah. to get That's you off of thinking what's going on. Um, I just don't want to bring bring that here. I, people going through enough already, yeah, you know what I'm smart. saying? And so I try to, this two hours, those of you that listen, try to bring some right, fun and I some totally laughter agree. and some good music. And Can some I good music. Now, would you, in the sense of not bringing up, I understand that angle, but would you want to bring it up to keep it top of mind for people so they understand how important it is to go out and vote and get yes. involved in the community, keep this situation from happening again? Keep people informed to keep them. You know, it's like that fine line. You right. don't want to. You don't want to give him the time of day to give him that light. But yet, we also need to talk about it because it's kind of one of those things that you know, kind of when stuff happening in your family, you don't want to talk about it because you don't want to keep bringing it up. But you need to to stop the cycle. But at the same time, said that's the difference between a, a uplifting radio show that plays music and then a podcast because if people want to hear that kind of stuff, that's what they tune in. But see, I think if for and you correct me if I'm wrong, people might just tune in you to get the news or just uplift, mm -hmm. um, you know, dance or whatever like that. So right. they might not want to hear that. Because, I mean, because politics is... It can be. But, Sarah, I will say, I will take you up on that, and I will say yes. When that, in that situation, yes. But it's like the, the ludicrousy that happens daily. Yeah. It's, it's just like, man, you know what I'm saying? I, I just don't, you know, it's people going through enough, man. And I'm yeah. trying to do something to... Yeah, you can lose the audience. Doing this two yeah, hours sure, is to, you, you do know, a great job. have them some fun. I appreciate that. Yeah. It's to have some fun, man, and, you know, have some fun with life. Yeah. It's to right. get away. Because sometimes, right. I, you know, I, what I see is that sometimes people come so engraved in that. Where they're flipping from channel. What is MSNBC saying? What is yeah. CNN saying? And then they're That's just me. so. Sometimes, I mean, not everybody is supercharged, but sometimes some people are so charged that they become sometimes paranoid. Right. And it's like, man, they don't see any hope or yeah. anything in it. They just like, you know, they go to sleep thinking about it. They wake up thinking about it, and it's it's a twenty four seven cycle, oh, yeah. man. And it's like it, it's physically draining. You talk to them and. You want to take them out to a comedy show or y'all want to ha hang out and do something. And it's like the only way you can get them to get off that is maybe if they smoke something with you or they drink something with you. You know what I'm saying? That, right. that might be the moment that you don't get nothing about what's going on with that. Now, we do have a segment on our show that started off called Kill Yourself and Start Over. <laughs> and uh, Trump is a frequent guest, pre yeah, frequent uh, guest, uh, guest on that uh, segment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, fellas, it has absolutely been a pleasure. Once again, give them the information on how they can check you guys First out. First of all, follow us on Instagram at Inside the Cave. And if you like looking at beautiful women, go to Cave Crush on, Inside, uh, on Instagram. And then make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes, the Google Play Store, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts or streaming radio, Inside the Cave podcast. Like our Facebook page, too, Inside the Cave. I'm we'll CB. We'll be coming to iHeart, too, right? iHeart is coming in a couple months. Wow, ah, right. congratulations. 
State your name, gangster. Tell everybody your name. Right, I'm talking. He Googleable. I'm I got to pull a string. You can Googleable me. You can find me on Instagram at Joe Dershey. Just follow me there and see some of the stuff I post. Post a lot of the things that we talk about on the show. Yeah, I'm saying don't don't follow me on online because I'm boring. I don't do I don't do that. <laughs> you follow them. If you following them, you following me. Support the movement. We are exactly. Googleable. We are Googleable. The cave. Uh, my Thank guests you, today, man, have been the host of uh, Inside the Cave, man. You can check them out, man. Podcast wise, man, and uh, I'm saying bigger and brighter things for them, man. Around the corner, man. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, many of people have started off doing what you guys have done and have uh, gotten paid an enormous amount of money to do it daily. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I'm just gonna check. put that out there, man. I'm gonna put that out there, man. And uh, this right. door is always open. Anytime you guys we'll want to come bro. through <laughs> and uh, just take over the radio show, oh, man. We will be back <laughs> like we did yeah. today. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, and do that, man. Uh, Country rap tune of the week. Big dogs country rap tune of the week. Of the week. This is big dog. And I'm going inside the cave. Big dogs country rap tune of the week. Inside the cave. for sports. Inside the cave. 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 You're on the number one show. Inside the cave. Three Lee Films.